Hey guys, you have tuned in to another episode of the Coastwatch Football Podcast. It's of course the weekly show where we chat all things A-League and the Central Coast Mariners. And we are now currently just over three weeks until the kickoff of the A-League season. The excitement is building, of course. And again, we have so much to cover. So let's jump straight into the news for you. And Channel 10 have announced their commentary team for the upcoming season. And obviously, you know, a lot of people are really curious to see how Channel 10 go with the broadcast this year? Obviously, you know, taking over the the broadcast rights and it, or the A-League, of course, the A-League is going to be broadcast across Channel 10 and Paramount Plus, the streaming service. Um, so here's some of the names that have been listed. And the big one, of course, is Simon Hill uh, returning um, as the voice of the A-League for this season. He'll be joined by Andy Harper. Tara Rushton has joined over from Fox. Archie Thompson has been included. Alex Brosk, Luke Wilkshire, Mark Milligan, Bruce Jitte. These are just some of the names that have been listed. So, um, so it's interesting sort of seeing the, the the talk across the internet, the reaction to some of these uh, names being announced, um, particularly, you know, people like Archie Thompson. You know, And you know what? This is an unpopular opinion. I actually don't mind Archie Thompson because I think he's – I think he's just a bit of a character. And, you know, I think I think back to, um, you know, if you're watching the NRL Grand Final, just like this year's Grand Final just a few weeks ago, and there's a hilarious moment um, in the post-game interviews when Jonathan, Jonathan Thurston, for me, Archie Thompson is like, is almost like Jonathan Thurston in a way where they're former players. They're now like becoming, you know, on-field reporters. And they just make like really random mistakes. And like Jonathan Thurston was like, forgot to move the mic to the play. It was just, it was hilarious. You have to go check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, but I sort of like that. It, it, we sort of almost need those memey moments. And Archie Thompson provides that. Um, so he's been included. And, and and I do like the players that have, again, some of the more more of the former players that have been um, included in Alex Brosk, Luke Wilkshire, Mark Milligan, Brigitte. Um, you know, they've all of them have been involved in, you know, some of the some of the um, pre-game and post-game chat for the Socceroos games um, that Channel 10 have broadcast so far. And looking really good. You know, they they, they, they all have uh, good football knowledge. So a decent lineup for me. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, you know, and again, people people talking about, it's actually interesting to see how many people are happy that Brenton Speed isn't involved. I, I personally, again, I actually like Brenton Speed. I think he's a really, really uh, knowledgeable commentator. Um, but it's looking like that it's going to be Simon Hill and Andy Harper, sort of the main the main guys when it comes to those primetime games. In transfer news as well, there has been some player movement, not as much as as the previous weeks. Um, obviously, I feel like in the last couple of episodes, we just spent a solid, you know, five, ten minutes just talking about play movement. But um, the big one uh, has been Melbourne Victory have, his, have signed Italian striker Francesco Maggiotta. He's a 28-year-old. He came up through the Juventus Academy and, you know, spent most of his career playing in Italy, spent some time in Switzerland as well. And, you know, I think this was the missing piece for Melbourne Victory. I've, I've, I've spoken about it a little bit here on the podcast that I think, you know, they've put together such a good team, but they're still they were just lacking that star striker. And again, you know, it, we have to wait and see with these with these foreign players coming in whether they can settle into the A League quickly, and you know, get used to the heat, get used to um, get used to the pace of the game here in Australia as well, because it's certainly a different game. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see how Margiotta settles into the A-League. In other news, and this is a retirement news, Adam Federici has retired from football. And again, this is the second retirement that has sort of caught people off guard, Stephen Taylor at Wellington Phoenix being the first one. Um, Federici, for me, was, was one of the best goalkeepers last season. And especially considering how, you know, we're reasonably close to, to the kickoff of competitive football here in Australia. Uh, Federici's pulled out um, apparently due to injury. So, I mean, we wish him all the best, of course, Adam Federici. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he, of course, made his appearances for the Socceroos over his career as well. But a little bit of concern for the Bulls there in terms of the goalkeeping department. What are they going to do? Are they going to try and bring someone in or, or do they promote Nick Suman? You know, it's um, some, interesting, uh, some interesting choices to be made there down at MacArthur. Uh, sticking to, to the west of Sydney and uh, talking about Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell, of course, former uh, Everton, Manchester City, Sheffield United player. And uh, he's, of course, in recent news, in recent days, has been linked to a move to MacArthur. Arthur FC and Wanderers. It has been announced just recently that he has opted for Western Sydney Wanderers. I don't think the deal has gone through just yet, but it's looking pretty likely that uh, in the coming days, um, or potentially maybe by the time this podcast has been released, Jack Jack Rodwell has been confirmed as another signing for the Wanderers. And again, just strengthening that squad even further. For me, Wanderers are looking so strong this year and uh, plenty of depth across their side. Brisbane Roar have signed winger Nick Olsen. And uh, this is an interesting signing because he's got a, quite an interesting trajectory, Nick Olsen, because he started off in the Western Sydney Wanderers Academy and uh, spent some time in the MPL level two in Sid- in some, some Sydney clubs in the MPL and then uh, actually went over to Kuwait and, and had an opportunity in Kuwait for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, now in his mid-20s has returned back to the A-League and Brisbane Raw, I think Brisbane, again, a side that maybe just uh, need that little bit of depth. So, so um, you know, whether we'll see them bring in a couple more signings before the season starts as well. But um, just strengthening the wing departments. So Nick Olsen, um, another player to join the A-League. Sticking with Brisbane Raw, they have just announced the short-term loan of centre-back Anton Linerich from Sydney FC, the 19-year-old defender. Again, strengthening the depth there at the Raw. And in some Mariners news as well, Manny Agwek has been linked with a club, a young attacker who uh, has recently played for Western United. Actually featured in our pre-season friendly against Western Sydney Wanderers. So um, it'll be interesting to to see him and there's a couple other names floating around just some youngsters that might be signing with the Mariners potentially some scholarship deals in the coming in the coming weeks so we'll have to keep an eye out for that as well and again nothing to report regarding Mateus Maresh of course if you're a regular listener to the podcast Pretty much, I feel like it's been every podcast for the past four or five weeks now. We've talked about Mateus Maresh, this uh, Brazilian striker who's been linked uh, with the Mariners. Nothing confirmed as of yet, but I think we can expect something. Uh, you know, if it does happen, it has to happen soon, right? We're getting closer and closer to kickoff. And, you know, don't forget, he's going to go through his two-week quarantine. But I'm expecting for it to go through. I think it'll happen. It sounds like they're just getting the visa and stuff sorted out. Um, but we'd love we'd love him for him to come to the club. Just really, again, just strengthening that, uh, that, that attacking line for the Mariners for this year. In the FFA Cup, Brisbane Raw defeated Lions FC 4-0 on this past weekend to secure their place in the quarterfinals. Both A-League sides, Adelaide United and Brisbane Raw, who of course have um, been playing through their FFA Cup campaigns, have secured their quarterfinals places. And of course, only a couple of weeks away until um, a whole bunch of A-League sides get um, their FFA Cup ca- campaigns kicked off, including the Central Coast Mariners, who uh, face Blacktown City, of course, in Mudgee. 
And in the final piece of news, there's been some third kits released from Adelaide United and Western Sydney Wanderers. We're pretty much completing, I guess, the the, the run of kits from all the from all the clubs. Of course, uh, they're sort of trickling out some of these, you know, the goalkeeper kits and and the third kits that we're seeing now. Um, the Adelaide United one looks really dope. Sort of, they, I think they're calling it salmon. This really sort of nice soft pink color looks dope. Not a color that we see that often in the A League. I really really like it. And then the Western Sydney Wanderers third kit, which I don't like as much as the Adelaide United one, but still kind of cool. An interesting design with all the lines moving around, um, but doesn't look doesn't look all that bad. Um, so that completes the news for this week. Nothing too much else going on that has been too eventful. Um, but of course, we are edging our way closer to the start of the season. Cannot wait. And um, yeah, we're gonna keep we're keeping our eyes out as well because I had some people message me about you know ticket news um, in terms of round one and, and when tickets are going to go on sale. Um, obviously, with the pandemic and everything, it, it, I think we would usually expect tickets to go on sale. You know, almost now, right? There's like a few weeks out, but um, the pandemic is also you know everything is different um, in in the current world we live in. So um, it might be a little bit closer to 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 the start of the campaign, maybe one or two weeks out. Um, is when we can see ticket sales open up. But let's jump into the topic for today. And um, this is one that I wanted to touch on. After after talking, of course, last week we had on the podcast um, Mariners defender Noah Smith. And if you haven't checked that one out, um, I'll make sure to link the video in the description show so that you can go ahead and watch that if you are interested. But we spent a little bit of time talking about the F3 derby and you know it got me thinking about some of the past f3 derbies that we've had and you know there's been some good memories from the mariners and some not so good memories um, from a mariners point of view as well so i want to just sort of relive some f3 derby moments and and, and almost do a little bit of a little bit of a preview just to really get us hyped for round one i know we're still a few weeks away um, but it, that's not going to stop us from uh from talking about of course, our, our probably our biggest fixture in the A League, the F3 derby. It's uh, it's our rivalry. It's quite a unique rivalry. So I want to jump into some head-to-head stats first of all, and uh, these are actually pretty amazing. These stats. So together in the A League, we've played 53 games with Newcastle Jets, and uh, 17 wins for the Mariners, 18 wins for the Jets, and 18 draws. So it's as even as, it's as even as it gets. And it's the same story with the goals. 63 goals Mariners, 64 goals for the Newcastle Jets. Uh, that's probably the closest derby in in, in, in Australian football at the moment. Um, I didn't even realize it was all that close. I know there's been plenty. Uh, there's, there, was a, there was a number of games there when Newcastle Jets um, smashed us uh, a few seasons ago. We don't like to remember that one as Mariners fans. but um, And Mariners, of course, have had their success in the F3 derby as well um but yeah it's 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 in recent years where where the jets have really reigned supreme um you know the mariners have only won three f3 derbies in the last in the last 12 meetings between between the two sides and uh, newcastle jets had a really solid, solid sort of winning streak you know we're unfe- undefeated for quite a while there um and you know we look back to it's good to look back to some of the recent um clashes you know last season and you know for me i mean this is one of my first you know, prominent memories of, of the F3 derby and it's round one of last year. You know, it's New Year's Eve. It, it, it's the first it's the first uh, match of the season. And of course, Alu Kowal um, scoring that header goal, just looping it over Jack Duncan. I think that for me really kick-started Alu's career at the Mariners. You know, from there, he just continued that form. It was really important that, you know, he got he got sort of opened his account early on in the A-League and uh, did that in round one in that F3 derby. And of course, that three points set us up for the fantastic season that we had 
last campaign. Um, but winding back the years now, we're going to go right back to 2008. And this is really for me. And, you know, I, I was very young at the time. I, I would have been, what, 12 years old. So at the time of this game, 2008, it, have, of course, is the major semifinal, second leg. And uh, I actually remember going to the first leg um, with my family um, up there in Newcastle and losing 2-0. And uh, of course, we had uh, back then in the A League, we had the the the, the two leg system and the major minor semi final. It's very different to how it is now. Um, but the Mariners pulling out that three nil win, and you know, I remember Sasha Petrosky, John Aloisi, Adam Kwasnick, these players being involved, and uh, you know that 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 the massive comeback. And I remember it being a massive crowd too. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was like I think it was over eighteen thousand. It was one of the biggest crowds we'd ever seen, um, still to this date at Central Coast Stadium. Uh, it was absolutely bouncing and um, just a fantastic comeback after being 2-0 down and to, to pick it up, to, to turn it around and go 3-0. Uh, just, just a really fond memory. Like that was one of my, that 2008, that 07-08 that season is one of my sort of earliest memories of, of the Mariners. And um, of course, we played that grand final, but as Mariners fans, again, we don't want to talk about that too much because of course Newcastle Jets picking up um, the win in that grand final of course that of course that same grand final where Danny Danny Vukovic sort of slapped the referee I don't know if you call it a slap it's a bit it's a bit of a weird one when you look back at it I, I guess it is sort of a slap he was like running and sort of just it was almost like a, he high-fived his body in a way <laughs> I don't know but um but yeah man that's uh, that's some of my earliest earliest uh, memories of the F3 derby and then uh, the, the one one actually that stands out to me in recent memory as well, and this is a bit of a, a bit of a random one, I guess. But um, when we actually beat the Jets up there in Newcastle three um, two at the back end of the eighteen nineteen season, and yeah, this was one of um, one of Stadich's first games in charge as uh, of the Mariners, and I believe it was Chris Chris Harold was one of the players that got on the score sheet that day as well. Um, obviously, in that season, we really really struggled, picked up the wooden spoon. Um, but that F3 derby, an entertaining one. And, you know, that's, it just goes to show no matter how we are performing in a season, an F3, anyone can win an F3 derby. I mean, I think that's the case in all the derbies across the A-League. We've seen that in the Sydney derby, you know, obviously Sydney FC being, you know, finishing up the top of the ladder, ladder most seasons, um, these, these recent years, Wanderers have, have, have been really successful in the derby of late. And um, yeah, so it's always an, it's always an exciting time, regardless of where teams are on the ladder. But um, you know, I'm really hoping that we can get to a point where, you know, I think the F3 derby for the last few years has diminished in its, I guess, in its hype, in its, uh, I don't want to say credibility, because you know the fans still love it and the players still love it, and you know we've you know, players like Matty Simon. Uh, you know, Jason Hoffman on the Newcastle side of things. These players are really, you know, these experienced campaigners who have played in a number of F3 derbies. You know, it's all about those players and, and, and the grittiness and the challenges, man. We love it. And uh, and the fans, of course, get really, really into it as well. But hopefully we can get to a point where, like I always think, how epic would it be if, if we did see an F3 derby when both sides are maybe challenging for a place in the top six? You know, maybe we could see that this season. You know, it's it's always at least I feel like at least at least Newcastle and Mariners are towards the bottom of the ladder. That seems to how it that's at least how it's been for for the past decade or so. Um, you know, until all the way going back to two thousand and eight when we both made it to the grand final. But because um, because I just imagine that that would create so much more hype, 
you know, can uh, imagine fighting for a finals place with a rival would be absolutely epic. Um, so, but we, are, of course, are looking ahead to this round one fixture, and uh, it's it's so even heading into it. Of course, as I mentioned with those head to head stats, but um, I want to go ahead now, and we're going to throw in some predicted lineups, and this is an early sort of lineup prediction, and 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 I'm going to be doing some more of these throughout um, throughout the coming weeks about predicting maybe some sides that will be starting that we can see starting across um, some of these A League clubs, starting off with, of course, the mighty Central Coast Mariners. I can see uh, a, a back line, including uh, Mark Birrigidian goals, Storm Ruan Tongik, Kai Rolls, and Noah Smith. I think that's a pretty solid defense. You know, whether we do maybe see uh, Matt Hatch start at left back over, over uh, Noah Smith, possibly. But um, I think that's probably our strongest back four. In midfield, and this is where it gets a bit more sort of, you can sort of play around with things a little bit when it comes to midfield and in attack as well. I've got Cy Goddard starting on the right. I think we'll start with, a, I think we'll play a 4-4-2 by the way, but I think we'll see Cy Goddard start on the right, Nisbet and Bazanic in the middle. And um, I think we'll see Benny and Kololo start on the left wing. You know, the preseason game that we played against the Wanderers um, just a couple days ago on the weekend, uh, which of course we, we, we lost that preseason game, but um both Goddard and, and Kololo starting in that game, getting uh, some decent minutes, which is good to see. I think they'll both start on the wings. And then up front, I think this is where we'll see something different as well. I think we will see Urenia and Nikolai Muller play together up front and Matt Simon utilized as, as an impact player off the bench. Um, you know, when we think back to when Simon was playing at Sydney FC, that's really how he was utilized. Hey, he was coming off the bench and uh, was 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 thrown on whether it was the last you know twenty ten minutes to to sort of rattle up the opposition and and you know create some create some chances. Um, so I think maybe that's how we'll see Simon used for this campaign as well. But I, I I'm so keen to see this Molly Arenia combination. I think you know with Arenia's Arenia, he seems like such an intelligent player Arenia as well. Some of his runs that he was making, obviously his passing, his link up play with his teammates around him, with Simon especially. He, he, he seems like a smart footballer on the, on the pitch. And, um, you know, combine that with someone with the quality of Nikolai Muller, who's, who's a class player in attack, who, who I, th- I think his best role is a playmaker, Nikolai Muller, you know, c- connecting with, with a striker. And uh, I'd like to see them too, starting up top. And I think there's a good chance we could. There's a good chance we could. If not, maybe someone does come in and maybe Muller does start midfield for, you know, bench Benny Kololo or something like that. And then on the bench for the Mariners, I think we'll see, uh, of course, Yaron Souza, uh, Dan Hall, Lewis Miller, Matt Hatch, Max Ballard, Matty Simon, and I think we'll see uh, Damien Sakenis on the bench as well, young striker. Um, my Newcastle predicted lineup. And this one, um, a little bit trickier, of course, and uh, um, with the Newcastle Jets bringing in so many new players, very, very hard to predict. But I'm going to go for Jack Duncan, Jason Hoffman, Jordan Elsie, Matty Yerman, and Dane Ingham. I think they'll. I, I can. I can see them running a back four. Uh, to be fair, I don't have any insight in terms of what sort of systems Newcastle Jets are playing at the moment. And of course, we haven't been able to see them play in public as of yet. Um, but we are at least hearing an attacking brand of football. Um, last season, predominantly, they were playing with that with that sort of that back three system. 
Um, you know, but with some of the some of the when you look at the personnel that they have as well, that's that's maybe an indication in terms of what sort of system they'll play as well. There's a lot of attacking players, you know, especially some of the foreign players that they brought in. You know, wingers, attacking midfielders, strikers. Um, I think it's an indication that maybe we could see a four-two-three-one system, or maybe potentially like a four-three-three. Again, we'll have to wait and see. But that's the backline for me for the Jets. I think in midfield we'll see Angus Thurgate, Jordan O'Doherty, and uh, Arquez, this new uh, Spanish midfielder who has arrived at the club as well. And then up front, it's really—I mean, anyone could start. But I, I think I think we'll see Becker start and uh, uh, Valentino Yule and uh, Sia Travanis. This uh, apologies if I'm pronouncing some of these names incorrectly as well. But um, of course, these players are unknown to to, to A League fans at this stage. But um, some of these European players as well have some decent pedigree. And then, you know, if you look, if we look at their bench, I can see, you know, Noah James, Riley Wallen, Dylan Manane, Ben Kantorowski, of course, um, has been missed out most of last campaign with injury. Potentially we'll, he, we'll see him back involved in the, uh, in the playing squad. Former Mariner, Sam Silvera, and it hurts me to say, but uh, I think it will see him involved in the matchday squad as well. Uh, Pena... The Brazilian midfielder Pena and uh, Olivia Bumal as well. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, I could be way off with that Jets lineup. But um, I don't know if there's any Newcastle Jets fans watching at the moment. Feel free to drop in in the comments section if you've got maybe a potential starting lineup for your Newcastle Jets side. What would you, who would you like to see in your starting lineup? Um, because, uh, yeah, considering that it is almost entirely a new squad, it's uh, very hard, very, very difficult to predict. But um, looking at those two teams, you know, going face-to-face, again, very, very even. And, you know, if I'm going to go for a score prediction, I think it's going to be close. It's, it, it, it has to be close, as, as we've mentioned with the head-to-head stats. I think, I think it could be really, really entertaining, though. I think it'll be an epic F3 derby, and I reckon Mariners will just pip it 3-2. 3-2. Um, that would be an epic way to start off the campaign with a high-scoring uh, a high-scoring matchup there. You know, maybe Urenia or maybe Maddie Simon coming on late to, to grab the winner to, to, to win it 3-2 would be absolutely epic. Um, we cannot wait for it, though, and uh, it is not too far away. So hopefully some of that little mini preview um, is going to get you hyped for, this, for the F3 derby if you are a Mariners or Newcastle Jets fan and of course we'll be doing our proper preview and and then talking about everything in depth when we do get closer to the kickoff of round one let's jump into some fan questions though and of course again guys thank you so much for sending me questions and 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 again just supporting the podcast and the page uh I, i appreciate it so much you know i can't say thank you enough because um, this, this, you know, I'm really enjoying making this content for you guys. And it's great to see you guys enjoying it, whether you've been watching the YouTube videos, um, catching the, catching the daily, daily content on TikTok or, or on Instagram, wherever you are. Um, th- thank you so much just, just for supporting. And, um, cause that's what this is all about. We're trying to grow the A-League. We're trying to grow, um, the support for Australian football. And, um, it's great to see that the audience is out there for it. So, Let's jump to the fan questions. This first one comes in from Jacob on Instagram who asks, is Nikolai Muller the most promising new asset to the Central Coast? And um, I mean, I've touched on this a little bit in terms of Nikolai Muller and his importance to the side, I think, this season. And, you know, if he stays fit, because uh, that's a question as well, um, if he stays fit and, and, and you know, can keep his, his, his form and stays consistent up, to a decent level. And I think he can, like he's a quality player, you know, he's been playing, he's played many games in uh, top flight in Germany. Um, 
yeah, I, he's going to be massive. He's going to be massive. He's going to be the the. I think he'll be one of the most underrated signings in the league this season. You know, Wanderers. I don't think he quite hit his heights. You know, he, he, we did see some glimpses from him. Scored some absolute bangers at Wanderers. But, uh, you know, in this Mariners side, he could really be the creative player we've craved for so long. You know, last year, Danny De Silva sort of provided that off the left-hand side. Um, but we haven't really had like a solid out-and-out number 10 since, I don't know, if you want to go as far back as Tom Rogic. That's probably that's probably where you'd have to go back, the Tom Rogic, Michael McGlinchey days. So, yeah, man, uh, Nikolai Muller is going to be massive for the club this year. Early prediction for the top six, and this is sent in from the Common Football Fan account on uh, on Instagram. Thanks for sending the question, guys. And uh, yeah, I feel like, again, this is one of those things that I sort of bring up every every podcast now, predicting the top six, because it's constantly changing, and we will have a locked... I'm going to be doing a video soon about uh, my, my my like full ladder prediction for this season. But at the moment, the way it stands, Melbourne City first, Sydney FC second. They haven't changed yet, yet. Um, I can see Western Sydney Wanderers finishing third. Uh, fourth, I'm going to go Melbourne Victory. I think they'll have a big season under Tony Popovich. Fifth, MacArthur FC. Sixth, Central Coast Mariners. I'm still sticking with Mariners at sixth. And uh, it's hard, man. It's hard because we don't know. We don't know. Because, again, we finished third last season after people, predict us to, pre- people predicted us to pick up the wooden spoon. But... um. You know, it could. I could be. I could be way off with those predictions as well, and they probably will change in the coming weeks. But at the moment, that is how it stands. Um, another question in here on Instagram: What does Matt Hatch's scholarship tell us regarding his potential in a more advanced role? Interesting question. Um, yeah, Matt Hatch. I mean, Matt Hatch is is one to watch this season, and and again, another player that I've touched on in the podcast many times. Uh, of course, we all know his heroics when he came on and scored with his uh, first touch in the A-League. That was, uh, that, that of course, that game against MacArthur FC. And uh, this could be a big season for Matty Hatch. I think he'll be involved a lot more in the side. Um, you know, obviously, Monty knows him very, very well coming up through the academy side. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think the, the deal to, to keep Matty Hatch on at the club just shows... Um, you know, the, the club are keen to give him a chance and potentially he'll be another one of these young players to step up and have a big season and, you know, p- p- potentially, potentially, I know it's early days, but potentially go on to uh, bigger and better things. So uh, keep an eye out for Matt Hatch this year in the A-League. Um, this is an interesting question. Again, we've got this in from Instagram. Thank you so much for sending this one in. If you didn't support the Central Coast Mariners, who would you support? <laughs> and... Um, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I know this is such like a lame answer, um, but legit, I'm being like serious. Like I wouldn't, I, I would still absolutely watch the league because I, I just love the A-League in general, um, but I wouldn't support anyone. I wouldn't, I really, really wouldn't. And, you know, I think back to, you know, when the talk of Mariners folding and talk of Mar- Manchester United moving Mariners to Sydney you know, I think of like, what, what would it be like if, if this team that I've been supporting literally like since since day one when I was, you know, what, nine, ten years old, imagine if if, if they just weren't here anymore and it's it, it, it's hard, it would be heartbreaking to be honest because they've been such a big part of my life for so long now. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see myself supporting anyone else. Uh, maybe I would support a new team that would come in, you know, maybe someone like a Canberra United or, or a Wollongong if they came in, a new side. Uh, 
but but again, I think I think just my my answer would be that I just I would I would I would absolutely watch the A League. I, I I do already watch all of the games, and um, I just wouldn't necessarily barrack for any particular team. I would just be a neutral. So, um, yeah, an interesting one, an interesting one though, that's for sure. Um, final question here. We'll do one more. Hey, does Ruan Tongik's Socceroos experience still have weight coming into this season? Another good question standing here. And um, obviously, Ruan Tongik called up to the Socceroos. Uh, only got limited minutes, of course, in the, in the Socceroos squad. But um, it's, it just goes to show that how far he's come. And, you know, he's, he's, he's spent so much time at various clubs around the, around the country and, uh, you know, to really settle in here at the Central Coast and see him have such a great season last year was just so good, so good to see. Um, great to see that he's really comfortable here now at the Mariners. And, um, yeah, I think I think that experience, the fact that he is, he is now considered one of the top defenders in the A-League now, like he's at that level now. Um, yeah, this, he's, he's just going to be at a different level this season. He's going to, you know, teams are really going to be wary of this Mariners defense now, knowing that, you know, that center back pairing of, of Rolls and Tongik and then, you know, one of the best keeps in Mark Birigidi, you know, this, this is a hard defense to break down now. It really, really is. So, and uh, yeah, Tongik's soccer experience just helps with that. And hopefully he can get more caps in the future as well. But once again, guys, thank you so much for sending in those questions. And thank you again for tuning in to yet another episode of the Coast Ford Football Podcast. There is plenty of content dropping here on YouTube or whether you're listening on a podcast platform as well. I do appreciate it a lot. So yeah, um, you can jump down into the de- into the description to, to find links to all of the social platforms to, to keep up with all of the content uh, dropping from Coast Watch Football. Um, guys, the A-League is not too far away. It's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. So um, I hope you're as excited as I am as it all builds um, towards round one. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and I'll see you in the next one.